Hey, everybody. Uh, this is Nate and Andrew. Hey. And we wanted to take a minute and do a quick, uh, we'll call it a disclaimer and a trigger warning for this episode that you're about to listen to. We recorded it last week and we wanted to touch base and get more specific with what the episode is about to avoid yep. anybody having any concerns with it. We are covering discussions around suicide ideation, suicide attempts, and the healing journey. Yep. And we're going to cover some of that stuff, not in specifics, but in general, more general concept type of a, an approach. Uh, but yep. we wanted to make sure that anybody who's listening has a chance to bow out <laughs> before we start talking. <laughs> Go um, back and listen to all our other episodes. If yes. You want. Yes. That'd be great. <laughs> so just to fill everybody in, this is my family's story for the most part. Uh, Andrew does mm -hmm. have some input and, and, definite good points to make in the show. This was approved and encouraged by our family therapist to do. Just want to make mm -hmm. sure that's clear up front. We talk about that a little bit. And uh, I just want to say, because we don't talk about it in the episode, but it's really the grace of God that our story doesn't end in a tragedy. And yep. we feel blessed to be where we're at and very thankful for all the prayers and support that we received from our friends and family over the last six to eight months here. Yeah. And um, the other thing we want just everyone to know is that we are um, morons <laughs> and that you should never take <laughs> advice from us on anything, especially this. Well, we are not mental health specialists. That is no. very clear. <laughs> However, some of the advice that we have that we give in this show, I think, is very good advice and you should at least consider it. <laughs> right. But you should also know that we're dumb. Yes. And that you should talk to professionals. Probably seek out a professional who's way smarter than we are. Yes. And get their advice. Yes. Thank you, everybody. And without further ado, here is Here's the, episode. the episode. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Two Beards, Please. Uh, as you're aware, there was no intro music or introduction. And this is going to be a little bit more of a serious episode. We might find a few laughs in here. Um, well, this is like episode, this is like some unnumbered episodes. I don't well, know what to do. it's officially episode I to, 62. I don't know how to respond. Yeah. But it's not. It's, it, right. Is it the missing episode? It's, yeah. So you could make it the number of the one that got missed. Sure. Put it back in there. Yeah. Then we have to renumber all the other We'd ones and to... then the Charlie <laughs> joke doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, it's just. We're going to talk about uh, September is National Suicide Prevention Awareness Month, and we're going to talk about some pretty heavy topics on this show here uh, today. And if you're a listener that gets triggered easily by some of these conversations, or if you have small children that are listening, or younger children that are listening at this point, now might be a good time to turn it off or put on headphones. Um, we're not going to do anything too terribly graphic still keeping it pg-13 yeah yeah but we're going to talk about some topics that you may want to listen first and then have some conversations with some people right. here so as many of you are aware uh we did have that missing episode back in april and today you're going to find out a little bit more as to why uh some of you that are listening and and friends of uh our family know what happened and um, I'm sorry, this is going to be an emotional show, I think. Um, <laughs> for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me. Yeah, so 
uh, April 8th, the morning of April 8th, um, I was woken up by Natalie, who you've heard her voice on the show here, that uh, the night before um, she had uh, attempted suicide. And that's something that no father wants to hear from any, ever, from any of their children or children's friends or family or any, anything. It's, it's, uh, it, it shook me to my core. And, um, so we ended up taking her to the hospital that day where she was put on observation. We were there for what, 14 hours. Yeah. It was a long time. And, uh, then after that hospital, after the ER visit, then we, um, Natalie got transferred into the program at, which is a mental health program, mental health hospital, uh, type of thing. So she ended up, uh, being in there to get the the help that she needed. Um, and it's something that, like I said, it was a huge impact to me. It was one of those things where. I had known people whose kids had, you know, gone down this path. I had known people that uh, struggled with mental illness, and I was always in the uh, <laughs> in the mindset of, "Well, it's not my child, not my kid. Glad it's not my kid until it is your kid, and then when it does happen to your kid." It throws you off balance. Throws you off balance as a parent. Throws you off balance as a person. Um, a lot of questions went through my mind. Just there was many, many sleepless nights for a long time, and we're get, we're getting better. We're we're in a better spot now than we were. Obviously, otherwise we wouldn't be here talking about it. Yeah. Can I interrupt real quick? Sure. Um. So with what he was just saying about how he was thinking, like oh, it's not my kid, it's not, um, I would just say advice for anyone there, don't ever think that somebody that you're close with is not experiencing things like this, because, like, I would say it's better to be safe than sorry in this situation, obviously, because you don't want to find out that somebody's going through things like this by an attempt. Right, and here, here's the thing. So we knew, you, and this is where we're going to get into a little bit of your history. We knew you had issues with anxiety and yeah. depression. And we had gotten you into counseling. We would gotten you on some medication. And you put on a damn good front <laughs> because we didn't, literally that night that this happened, you were in our bedroom with us talking about prom that was coming up. And you, we had just ordered your prom dress. We had literally that night, be, that night, ordered your prom dress, and things seemed fine. And you know, we knew things weren't great. We knew you needed to get in and see yeah. somebody, which we had scheduled, and we were going to do that. Yeah, to your point, don't make assumptions. Parents, talk to your children. Make sure that, um, make sure that you're asking the questions, and don't take the first answer. Uh, at face value probe dig in you know do what you need to do to find out and keep your kids safe so and definitely like there's definitely other things that you can look for just other than what people think that depression looks like from the outside like i don't know i can't remember exactly but i know 
my grades dropped and yeah. stuff like that. So there's always something. Yeah, and that's one of those things where, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. where we look back and, yeah, there were definitely warning signs there for sure that we missed. And um, But there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. You, you had... Uh, gotten sick for a couple weeks there last November, and you had also around that time uh, broken off one of your relationships that you had yeah. had been in for almost a year at that point. Mm-hmm. Not that that caused this whole thing, but that certainly you know led up to it. Yeah, and, and were contributors. Contributors, yeah, right. I think just looking for those, it's just a bunch of little changes that can lead to one big change, right? So I th- I think as a parent. You know, I think paying attention to, like, everybody pays attention to changes, like, when you go from grade school to middle school or middle school to high school, and there's always big changes. But, like, noticing those culmination of a lot of little changes is kind of what we missed. So, you know, we uh, went through some of this with Emma as well. Um, She didn't want me to go into a ton of detail, but, you know, she struggles with anxiety and and that kind of stuff. And so we missed a lot of things too as parents. And, um, you know, when you're, when your child comes to you with some of this kind of news, right. It's, it's, it, <laughs> like you said, it kind of shakes you, but it also like opens your eyes and makes you realize like, you know, how did I miss all of those right. things? So, For- you know, my encouragement obviously is to just, you just kind of notice all those little changes and how they can add up. Um, For, for me, the the biggest thing that kind of cut me to the core was that I'm by nature a fixer. That's kind of what I do. That's what I do for a living. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of where my mentality is. I, I If I have a problem, I'm trying to come up with a solution. And this was something that I couldn't fix. I did not have right. the tools to do on my own. I, I, I couldn't do this, and I felt extremely helpless. Uh, for a good period of time until we got the right people involved. And uh, very quickly, we got to a point where we were moving in the right direction. And now we do have some tools that together as a family, we leverage to make sure that we continue to go down that the, the path towards, you know, continued healing on this. So what, Natalie, I've got some questions for you here. What did lead up to it, and uh, put yourself in that mindset? I mean, you had to have been in a dark place at that point, right? How did how were you able to present one way and have that hide it? How did how did you hide it? Um, it wasn't necessarily so much hiding it. Um, so I would say like going like my day to day life or whatever. I don't know. It was like I was depressed, but I wasn't like attempt suicide depressed, like daily. Functional depression. Yeah. So it wasn't like I was like going through my life and like thinking, like planning this out, you know. Um, For me, it was more like, and I think I've talked to you about this before, though, is that um, when I like get by myself and like, especially like at night, um, I just get into spirals um i think that's just what happened at that point is that there was a lot of stuff going on um and like you were saying about 
you wanting to fix things. I was at a point where there was nothing that I could do to make my situation better is what I felt like. So that's right. So you were trying to not only fix your situation, but you were trying to fix, fix other, other people too. as well, which what did, what did, what did you learn out, out of this here? I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and what did you learn? Nate? And why can't you do that? <laughs> I can't fix other because people. Because I'm only <laughs> in control of my own actions. Yeah. And even a bigger, bigger thing, component of this is that none of us in this house or on this podcast are mental health professionals right, right? yeah we're not right we're not we're not competent to to be able to deal with the, these types of situations mm-hmm. right i think that would be uh if, if you're if you're a kid or heck even if you're an adult and you're listening to this and this is something that is on your mind reach out please Call somebody, talk to somebody. There's uh, the National Suicide Prevention Number. I'll give that here at the end of the show. There's the National Alliance for Mental Illness. It's on NAMI.org. They've got an ability where you can text them. Call 911. Call somebody because I guarantee you there's people in your life that love and care for you, and they just don't know how bad it is for you. They don't know, and you need to tell somebody. Yeah, I would definitely say, like, for me, when I get into spirals like that and my depressive episodes, I definitely understand um, that it's hard to see that. I use this metaphor to try and explain it because obviously it's hard explaining depression to somebody who has never experienced depression. Yeah. Basically, my little metaphor is that there's a factory in my brain. Basically, the factory is producing my little depression boxes, right? And normally that's like manageable. But once I get into an episode, the depression boxes just like pile up and create this big wall. And in a normal situation, like, I don't know, you might argue with this, but I can listen to common sense. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe sometimes more than others, but um Yeah, you're right. I would probably argue with that a little bit. Yeah, but your dad's your dad's definition of common sense isn't like anybody else. <laughs> but yeah, but when 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 I personally and I would assume other people that are struggling with this too, um, get into this spiral, it's just like nothing can get through that wall. Like you're stuck in that depression and anything that you would think normally that's like somewhat positive or just even like a neutral thought will not be able to get through that wall and because like I've been in depressive episodes where I'm like telling myself like I know this isn't true and I know that I'm taking this out of proportion and I'm blowing this up way more than it needs to be but I just can't like like accept the fact that it's not as bad as I'm making it. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think human nature to an extent is sometimes we we think things are a lot worse than they actually are to begin with. Mhm. But yeah, I think it makes perfect sense. So what what tools do you have now that allow you to take control of that spiral cuz we're in a better spot yeah. now, right? Yeah. So Obviously, I was in 
um, for a while. I was in inpatient for eight days and then I was in outpatient for about two months after that. And outpatient was basically, we called it life school. Yeah. So basically what it was is I just went to for about like the hours of a normal school day. I think I was there from like eight to two. Yeah. And then um, after like about a month of that, then I was there from eight till 11. But I was there with other people in sort of like a classroom setting, I guess. And it was basically therapy like all day, every day. So that was definitely a big thing for me. We did this one group called Process Group. And essentially what we did is it was a big group therapy session. And I could share my issues and get feedback from people who were in the same types of situations as me. And so that was so it was so helpful for me to be able to like talk to these other people that are like going through similar things um, and get like their experience on things. I kind of got off track, but what was the question? (laughs) Tools and things that you have now to avoid that spiral. Yeah. So one of the major things that they taught us was like preventative measures i guess um to keep yourself from getting into that kind of spiral it's a lot of like things that you would think about like self-care and um things like that but also like finding things that you know can get your mind off of it so for me music expressing my feelings through art or there's a lot of different things that i can just know that I can distract myself with because stopping a spiral distracting yourself and then coming back to reflect on your thought process later is so much better than trying to attack the problem when you're not in the right state of mind so that's the one thing um is just interrupting the spiral and then um the other thing is one of my favorite things we learned in there actually is ways to challenge your negative thinking patterns I actually have like all my um papers and all my stuff from and I'll go back and look at that occasionally and the two that I like the most is radical acceptance and challenging negative thoughts so radical acceptance is basically basically what it says is that you accept the situation how it is if that's negative or positive but like accept that it's happening and you can't do anything to change that part of it and so once you accept that and that like center yourself in the present not in the past or in the future and say this is what's happening right now there's nothing I can do about this where do I go from that and then the challenging negative thinking is essentially I have a whole list of these questions that you ask yourself and it's like am I confusing a thought with a fact and things like that because um what we learned is that people tend to fall into thinking traps um one of them being like black and white thinking where it's either this or this and there's nothing in between and that's one that I know I tend to get into that a lot yeah yeah you still do and even even well yeah yeah now is that's something that has been kind of your thought process ever yeah. since you were little so yeah. yeah so you've got the the tool set now the other thing that you're clear on now and 
I had hoped you were clear on before, but is that you're not alone in that, you know, there are people that, that care about you Yeah. and you can always reach out to people and, and us, right? Yeah. Right. I, I think one of the, one of the comments that you made to me that kind of stood out that I didn't think I was going to be getting uh, for a long time, uh, you made a comment after life school one day where you said something along the lines of, hey, as I go through this, I realized that you guys were actually pretty good parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as a 17-year-old. Well, hold that, on that's... now. Let's not, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves here. Hey, you shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm trying to pat my own back or anything, but it's just one of those things where it 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 helped me because one of the the, the things that was going through my mind is what could I have done differently? Yeah, what right. what did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. You know to to lead into this. Yeah, and, and obviously, like it was nothing that you did wrong, except for giving me the genetics that you gave me. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, way to go. <laughs> But I mean, there's I had nothing the same you thing, really you know. It's, you know, the joke around or joke around our house is like I spent a lot of time in the shower crying because you know when you get confronted with this thing as a father, you're just kind of like, you know, how I've failed my family and so many levels, and so, you know, it's it is hard. I'm sure it's hard as a mother too, but I don't have any experience with that. So, <laughs> um, but it is hard as a father to like think about how could I have done it differently and because we're supposed and, to be the protector right we're supposed to be right. the ones and, that yeah fix the problems part of the part of working through this as a family is we have to tell ourselves as fathers and parents that it isn't there isn't anything we could have done differently it's and to, you know to ask for help when we need it too right right yep yeah so I it's hard on the multiple levels I have a unique perspective I think Natalie in that I've been on your dad's side of this uh thing but i've also been on your side of it Mm -hmm. so i don't even know you know nate but when i was in probably probably it was in college so you knew me probably junior year of college i had attempted an attempted suicide and just it's kind of the same thing natalie like you said it's just outwardly life is fine you know but when you're alone and things start to like all the things that you deal with on a daily basis and all the things that aren't going right spiral out of control and mm-hmm. you're alone. And so you don't feel like you have anybody there. Um, it can get really hard. So I'm really encouraged. You know, I talked with your dad a lot after this happened. Um, yeah, a lot. He was texting me literally every day, <laughs> every like day. multiple times <laughs> a I day. Because I knew what he was going through. <laughs> I knew what he was going through on a bunch of levels, but it's like, you know, just I'm really, um, really encouraged that you're able to do something like this. This is a subject that like nobody wants to talk about. Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason that you know we want to do this is we want it to be a subject that everybody can talk about. We have a platform, um, and, and we, did, right. we decided the two of us that we were going to use this platform to get this message out there because this is you're right. This is something that is so taboo. Mental health. Although right. it's gotten better. Yeah, it's you know, definitely it's, gotten better. It's not where it was 30 years ago, but right. it, it's still there's still that level of taboo associated with discussing you know, mental health and, and suicide mm-hmm. specifically, right? Right. Because I feel like right. a lot yep. of people are, they're not like, people aren't opposed to 
talking about mental health in general but when it comes to like sharing your own experience and sharing your yeah. own story i feel like that's where a lot of people get hesitant to like talk about this because it's like it's showing weakness obviously right. and a lot of people right. don't don't want to do that but it's the vulnerability thing yeah right? but in my opinion yeah. honestly sharing it it it's showing your strength yeah yeah where's my bell <laughs> hey <laughs> I got the bell. Well, and, you know, <laughs> and and just to be able to like, to be able, I don't, I don't want to say to normalize it because I don't, I don't want it to be normal, <laughs> right? Right. But but to be able to talk about it without it being something that you have to be ashamed of, right, yeah. is to, important. To be able to because address then, it, right, right, because then you know the goal is always to to address it before it gets to that yeah that point, right. Yeah. So, so the other thing I want to say, uh, I encourage individuals that if you're going through this to reach out to people, I'm going to also talk to other people that maybe have seen the signs or were a little bit closer to the signs. Uh, and I think I had this talk with all of your friends yeah. too a- afterwards, where if you're seeing stuff like this, if you're seeing reckless behavior or, you know, th- there's thoughts that you're or things that you're seeing that that's being posted on snapchat or in you know private messages or text messages where people are talking about wanting to die you need to reach out to somebody and let somebody know let their family know let their parents know yeah how let your parents know yeah get them the help they need you don't need to fix it and that person might be angry with you initially but you could potentially save somebody's life yeah. by letting somebody know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, and that's what I was going to add, too, is that, like, a lot of people, um, including myself, like, I've been in this situation, think, like, oh, well, what if what if this person, like, gets upset? Because, obviously, like, people don't want other people knowing, you know? But right. if you're in that situation, you just have to think about, would you rather that person be mad at you or dead? Right. That's exactly yeah. right. So. Well, and I think the other thing is that, you, it's not your job to fix it. Yeah, which I've also so had to learn a lot about that. You don't need that. to fix the person or even confront the person if it's hard. It's really hard. It's really hard, but you should tell somebody Just who tell somebody. can give get them help, mm-hmm. right? Tell somebody that can get them help. You know, Nate said at the top of the show, like, we're not mental health professionals. So, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to help. <laughs> I don't know how to help. It's not. But there, I, there, but I, there are. But I can find people. I can find people that can help. So, right? you, and this is a place to start. There's a National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, and this number is 800-273-TALK, 800-273-8255. Get so, the crayon out of my nose and write that <laughs> there down. There you go. Yeah, because that's the only number we're giving out here. It's 800-273-8255. Uh, that's the national line, and like I said before, if you go to the national uh, Alliance of Mental Health or Mental Illness, that's N-A-M-I, N as in Nancy, or national, A-M-I, dot org, O-R-G, and they've got opportunities, they've got a lot of resources out there, they've got a crisis text line, so if you're not comfortable talking to somebody, they've got a way for you to text and, and, and get help that way. Uh, like I said, nine one one is always an option. If you're at the point where you know you just are are, are there at the edge, call nine one one. Talk to somebody on that end. Yeah, I would definitely, I would definitely say that if you're to the point where 
you have a plan and you think you're going to act on a plan, call 911. Get help immediately. Yeah, talk talk to somebody, tell somebody. Because there, I, like I yep. said, I said this before, there are people, you may not think this, and this may not be in your thought process, but there are people that love you and care about you and want you to continue to be part of their lives. Yep. So Everybody's got somebody. Honestly, like, if you're in that type of situation, reaching out to somebody that you're not even close to, they'd probably be more than willing to help. You know, if they have yeah, any yeah. human emotion at all, <laughs> reach out to anybody. Yeah, just it doesn't anybody. matter who. Just talk to somebody. So, this is not a story with a with a bad ending. This is a story, mm-hmm. our story, our family story, because that's what it is right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is our family story. It has a happy ending. You're still with us. Yes, and. You are making very good progress in your recovery. Mm-hmm. You want to talk a little bit about kind of where you're at today versus where you were at six months ago? Yeah. So, I mean, where I am today, obviously, I'm still struggling with things because, like, going through and getting medication, like, that doesn't just make it go away. No, it's not a magic wand. Right. So, I'm obviously still going through things and I do still get those down days, but. At this point, I am so much better prepared to handle that and to go through that. And my family is also very much better equipped to deal with that. Um, So one thing that we use in is a one through seven scale um, of suicidal ideation. So basically, like one is like no suicidal thoughts at all. Seven is like I have a plan like you know, um, yeah. And so one thing that my family has started doing that really helps me is just checking in, asking me what my numbers are at and just making sure that like, and sometimes it gets annoying when I do want to be in my room (laughs) and just like be alone. And they're like, no, you're sitting out here. You're sitting by us. But I know it, I know it's just coming from a place of love. And obviously I do appreciate that. But yeah, so at this point, my mental illness doesn't control me anymore. Um, and that's what I think is the best thing that I've gotten out of this is that I still deal with it. I still struggle with things, but it's not in control of me. I have control over it. So, And you, you're th- that is awesome to hear. And it's something that you're going to have to deal with your entire life. There's always going to be ups and downs. There's going to be th- stuff throughout your entire life that makes you sad. Yeah, and I, I, you know, knowing that you now have the tool set to take those spirals and and cut them off, yeah, that's huge. And parents, I'm I'm talking specifically to parents here. Just because your kids are smart, doesn't automatically assume that they can think or act at an adult level. Heck, there's adults that get into this point where they're they don't know how to handle it and how to deal with their their emotions and their depression and their illness so yeah get them the help they need and it will help yeah, you think, too i think natalie hit it on the head like this is something this isn't something that's gonna go away yeah like you don't you're you're you're, you're not gonna get cured of your mental illness exactly, you're always yeah. gonna struggle with anxiety and depression and you're just gonna be able to have the tools and in the recognition and no when you know when you need to 
get some help mm-hmm. and when you need to you know use those tools to to change that number or whatever whatever your tools mm-hmm. are i mean that's you know that's something that you know i noticed along i recognized it myself a long time ago and something i talked with both Emma and Celia about you know the stuff that those issues that you're dealing with you know when your dad and i were growing up it was sort of like Oh, you don't feel well, or you you're you're sad. Well, suck pull yourself up. up by your yeah. bootstraps and suck it up and go do it. And I'm not I'm not sure that was the <laughs> the best solution. Clearly not the right answer. <laughs> now that I look back on it, <laughs> like you said, being able to not let it control you, but you control it and live within whatever that looks like is the most important thing. And recognizing that you're not gonna. You can't do the seven, you can't do like 15 things and then all of a sudden you're cured, Yeah. right? You wake up every day and you live your best life and mm-hmm. you do whatever you got to do and and some days are better than others. Natalie, you got any other thoughts here? I think we're probably at the point where we can wrap this up. Yeah, I do have one more thing just from what you guys were talking about um, with just because somebody's smart doesn't mean they have the the tools to help themselves. The other thing is that it's not necessarily like a situational thing. So like um after I went back to work after being in one of my coworkers, I love her. She's awesome, but she was like she she said to me, she's like you can't be depressed. You're pretty and your parents are still together. You have no reason to be sad. I was right. like, and that's the yeah. thing is that like. And you said, have you met my father? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But like <laughs> just because you have like an outwardly stable life and you have like, I don't know, just like. Seemingly no problems. Yeah. Right. If you yeah. have like. Just because somebody seems like they have it all together and, like, everything they could want from the outside. You don't know what's going on yeah, underneath. exactly. Yep. And that's another thing is that, like, if you get one thing from this is don't judge people. Because <laughs> I got another Two bell. Bells. <laughs> but yeah, That's a double bell episode like, right there. <laughs> don't judge people because somebody could seem like they have everything together and they could be like falling apart on the inside you know like you don't know what goes on in people's lives and so just treat everybody with kindness yeah and that's i think that's a great spot to end and in fact for probably the last year that's how i've been ending our show be kind to each other yeah me too (laughs) yeah kind of (laughs) i'd say it a little different (laughs) so let's call it there be good to each other be kind to each other because you don't know what somebody else is going through. That's right. You you, yep. you only see the tip of the iceberg. So be kind to each other. Get help if you need it. We love you all. Give that phone number out again. All right. I'm going to take all the crayons out of my nose for this all one. All right. So the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 800-273-8255. That's 800-273-8255. Or you could go to nami.org, that's nami.org, and there is a line you can text, and uh, they've got a crisis text line to get help there as well. Or call 911. Or call 911. 
Thank you, everybody, Thanks, for Natalie. listening. Thanks, Natalie, for coming on yeah, and thank be, you. being vulnerable and you know telling people about brave. Yeah, this was this was Thanks for being brave. A big deal. And just before I get calls from people saying, you know, how bad of a parent I am for making <laughs> her do this, we all know how terrible of a parent he is. You don't have to. Yeah, tell it's, us. it's I, not for that. I did not force her to do this. I did not. In fact, we, we, Andrew and I, when we talked about it, we both agreed that we right. wanted to get her counselor's opinion on it as well. And her counselor yep. thought this was a good idea for her to uh, kind of leverage her experience to try and maybe help some other people uh, yep. get some help as well. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Thanks, everybody. Till next time. See ya. Bye.